0: Welcome back to another edition of This Week in College Football presented by CFB Talk Daily. Today is Friday, January 4th, which means we have the national championship game coming up. And that's actually what we're going to talk about right away. Uh, last week, we briefly talked about our previews. So we're going to touch on them again. Maybe some of our
1: views have changed. Uh, John, what, what's going on with you? Yeah, I think Alabama wins this Monday night because I just can't see Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you did to have a great game. You did have probably the best game of your life to beat alabama almost every time and i don't know they they played good against uh notre dame obviously they beat them but if was that good enough to beat alabama they weren't great on special teams clemson i don't know if that's good enough to beat alabama
0: The, the point with the special teams is though the thing with that game was like notre dame's special teams was probably the best special team in the country so like Obviously, Notre Notre Dame had them special team-wise. That's the only area of the game they had them in. But one thing that I think benefits Clemson here is – I've been – I said this all year with Tua. I think Tua, he's obviously – he's one of the most explosive players to watch. Him like Kyler Murray, they're fun to watch. They like to do exciting things. But with that comes good mistake. And I think we could see Tua make a dumb, dumb mistake, like throw a pass. Doesn't need to be thrown, and it could be a pick and swing momentum, you know. And it's not going to be like last week where Alabama was gifted 21 points to start the game. So I think if Clemson keeps this game close, mm-hmm. you know, plays defense like they can, I think they have the defense that can kind of suppress the Alabama offense. I don't think they'll be able to shut them out, but I think they can hang with them, and I think the offense can hang with uh, Alabama's defense. Uh-huh. But. Uh, I think what it will really come down to is if the defense can pressure Tua into making a mistake. Uh, if Tua plays a, a game, doesn't throw an interception, doesn't fumble the ball, I think Alabama wins this game by a landslide. But if they can force Tua to, you know, throw a ball into a tight window and pick it off and swing momentum, I think they could be, you know, another example where it's an end of the game like it was with Deshaun Watson where they went by, you know, they went by three at the end of the game.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, only three true freshman quarterbacks have ever beaten Nick Saban. And, all right, we got Kellen Mond in 2017 with a 27-19 loss, where he didn't play that bad, you know, through 237 yards. But then, the two before that, both games were 49-0, and the quarterbacks combined for 101 yards and two INTs and zero touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence... I think
0: is he, he's not the mold of quarterback. I think that beats Alabama typically. Cause I mean, I, we've touched on this before. I think mobile quarterbacks are the ones that kind of hurt Alabama, but I, I don't know. I think that he has enough power around him that he can work with them. I mean, I mean, obviously with him being a freshman, it doesn't help statistically historically it doesn't help him out. But you know, when it's a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who's, as high of a prospect as he will be and as gifted as a football player, I think we kind of throw those stats away when let him play the game. So I I don't know. I don't think that it'll be a blowout. I hope that it's not. But if Trevor Lawrence and that defense like in the defense can't force a turnover, I think that Alabama has no problem winning this game. Yeah, uh yeah, I agree. So we're going to jump into our next topic, which is something we hit on in the first episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, go over and listen to the first episode. Um, we talked about if Justin Fields was to transfer to Ohio State, who would start him or Tate Martell. And there's reports out today that Justin Fields has an official Ohio State email, and he's registered to start classes, which begin on 8th. So it, it looks as if Fields will be attending Ohio State. And we're not going to talk about who's going to start, because we already talked about that. I kind of want to touch on with Tate Martell kind of bringing in this drama behind when Fields was going to transfer in. I don't know if you saw this, but earlier, I think it was last week, he tweeted after Fields announced he was transferring, word of advice, don't swing and miss, especially on your second time. And when a reporter asked him what that tweet meant, he said, you guys know how to take that. Do you like what he's doing here? Like, do you like the competitiveness, competitiveness, or what are your what are you thinking with this?
1: Well, I I, I don't know because like I mean look at Baker Mayfield. He says some things to the media that you know they aren't necessarily great things you want to hear from a quarterback. And like he wrote people the wrong way sometimes. And he has like the competitive like fireiness. That like I'm not sure if Martell is trying to be like competitive and like say like you know like oh I think I can handle it and stuff like that. Or if he's just like the opposite and he's like a cancer to the team sort of. So I, I actually like that you brought up Baker because
0: Baker Mayfield definitely is one of those guys who everyone, you either loved him or you hated him. And I felt like if you played with him, you, you know, if, he, if he played for your team, you loved him because he has that fire and he makes your team that much better. But another guy that kind of comes to mind is uh, Johnny Manziel. I mean, think of how many people loved Johnny
1: or hated Johnny. Yeah, but nobody hated Johnny for like, the things he said. He didn't really say it. He was just like the, the money sign and you know other things.
0: But So I like, kind of touching more on Baker, because I, I think that's probably the easiest easier point for me to make a reference to. When Baker was at Oklahoma, I think his, the year he won the Heisman, Kyler Murray played, I think, like seven or eight games. He didn't play much, but... There was never any question on who the starting quarterback was on that team. So when Baker came out and said, you know, if he said anything and did all these stupid things, it was Baker's team. You know, I mean, in the Kansas game, I know Kansas was in his head. There was a lot of trash talk. They were taking some cheap shots on him. And then once they were up big, you know, we kind of grabbed his crotch towards the Kansas sidelines, said, you know, you're a basketball school, all that. But it was okay because Mayfield was Baker Mayfield and had the do stuff like that and back it up. Where when we go back to Tate Martell, who's saying all this? If Dwayne Haskins declares and leaves, which a lot of people assume that he will be doing that, mm-hmm. there's no guarantee that Tate Martell is going to start over Justin Fields
1: next year. No, I I think you're right, and I also think that the Haskins thing. I I didn't when he said he was 50-50, I didn't believe him. But I mean, it's been a few days since the Rose Bowl, and he still hasn't declared. So mm-hmm. I'm actually thinking like he might be serious that like he's considering coming back to school. Also, just like a quick
0: little point on Martel, real quick like have you? Did you ever watch QB One on Netflix? Uh,
1: no, but I've heard and seen people talk about it
0: before. And I think we're probably gonna we're probably seeing the same things. You know, I, I'll go on the Reddit and I see all the people talking about, you know, with Fromm because I believe he was on it. People say you know we liked Fromm; he seemed like a good guy. Everything I've seen about Martel was kind of that. Yeah. Year. He was a dick.
1: <laughs> yeah, people do not like – like, people don't like Tim Martel. You
0: know, it seems like he thinks that he's, like, this, the greatest quarterback of all time. Meanwhile, like, I don't think that he's done anything to prove it. I mean, he's – I mean, winning two oh. times player of the year, I'll give him that. You know, And he hasn't – but he's never done anything in college to prove it. Uh, did you see I, the uh, Nick Stark thing? Uh, yeah. Why don't you talk about it, though? Cause I, I think there's a lot of people
1: out there who haven't probably seen it. Uh, when Martell was committed to a and I think he was either talking with an AM recruit or an AM player, and he was talking about, you know, coming to text A&M, and he said that Nick Starkell is ass, my dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Martell really and, has this, like, aurora around him of being, like, an ass. Yeah, he's just like, dude, like, shut up and just play. like. Yeah, especially, like, I don't know. I, I think the saga actually is going to be hurting Ohio State more than it's going to help them. And I think Urban Meyer right now is like, thank God that I'm not coaching these, this guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, well, that's the other thing. I think if Urban Meyer was at Ohio State still, this wouldn't be as big of a deal because, you know, experienced coach, will probably handle it internally. Now you have Ryan Day, who's, you know, this is, this is a big deal for him. He's got to handle this. First,
0: like, his first job as a head coach is... You, know, you have Tate Martello, who was a highly recruited quarterback in his class, who a lot of people at Ohio State love. And then you have Justin Fields, who was the number two quarterback in the country in his class, who for a while was number one, who is going to transfer in. And who passed him? Uh, I think Lawrence at the end. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Towards the end, of the, I I think Fields was number one for a while. And then once he decommitted from. Was he committed to Florida State for a little bit? I know he was committed to Penn Uh huh. And I think once he decommitted from Florida State, he dropped to two, and Lawrence jumped him once he committed to Clemson. But so, like, but like back on the point, you're gonna have two highly coveted quarterbacks that Day's gonna have to decide what and what kind of offense he wants to run with them if he wants to, you know, try to use them the same way. But I don't think these are the kind of guys that you can use in the same game. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I think this is gonna be fun to watch how this ends up uh playing it out. So, I'm actually going to keep talking about Ohio State when we jump into our followers' questions. Uh, our first question is from Spencer. And, nope, I, I knew everyone was going to be asking this depending on how the Notre Dame game went. He wants to know if Ohio State was more deserving of the third spot over Notre Dame, and I think we're both going to have the same answer here.
1: Oh, I okay, here, here's my – I like the question, but, like, I feel like hindsight like, you know, twenty twenty, like – you know, yeah, they probably – I still – I mean, if you look at our tweets on the account, I was very pissed off that Ohio State wasn't the fourth seed because I felt like Oklahoma shouldn't have been in or Notre Dame. I mean, I felt like one of those should have been out for Ohio State. I don't care which one it was. Both of them lost. Kind of proved my point. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I'll i be like, what well, you just said hindsight in 2020. That's like probably the perfect way to put it with this uh, because I, I don't think they would have left out Notre Dame at 12-0. But, I would have, if you look at Ohio State and Notre Dame, and they play straight up, which I think is how they should be determining who gets in when you're in a situation like this, I think Notre Dame would lose outright to Ohio State at a neutral site.
1: Wait, you think Ohio State would lose to Notre Dame?
0: No, Notre Dame would lose to Ohio State. Oh, okay, yeah. I said it backwards. Yeah. But, like, at a neutral site, like, the playoff game is obviously played at a neutral site. I think that... Ohio State's the better team. So I would have liked to see them get in just off that, but I get why they weren't in over Notre Dame. I think we agree they should have been in over Oklahoma, but I mm-hmm. think that the loss to Purdue hurt them in comparison to Oklahoma's loss to Texas. Um, I, I don't know if they, they're more deserving of the third spot. I think they would have got the fourth if they got in, but uh, definitely something that everyone's going to be talking about, especially since Notre Dame got obliterated by Clemson. All right, but
1: uh, would you leave Oklahoma or Notre Dame out if you had to? Notre Dame?
0: What seed does Notre Dame get? I mean, uh, Oklahoma get.
1: Uh, they'd probably get the three or four with Ohio State if we leave Notre Dame out. Um, They'd probably move up with They'd probably get the three. I don't know. I, I think I'd have to. Ohio State,
0: I think I think this year especially I have to put Notre Dame in. I, I think you have to. I... I, I I know people are going to say UCF didn't get in, UCF didn't get in. But, it, I mean, at the end of the day, it's UCF. They play in the American. A lot of people are, are ripping them for that. And I think a 12-0 Notre Dame team gets in or a 12-0 American team any day. So, I think Notre Dame, you have to put them in. So, th- I think I'd have to put them in over Oklahoma. Uh, so, we're going to jump into our next question now, which is from a follower, a 94 Sorry if I mispronounced your name. Uh, he wants to know, can we see Arkansas turn around the program and get back to the success they had in 2009 through 2011?
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, I think 2011 was the last year. I think they went 10 and two with uh, Petrino, and then the next year they went four and eight, got blown out by Alabama. Um, this year, though. 20th ranked recruiting class. I think they do turn around.
0: Yeah, I, I think they have the good signs going for them in the future. Obviously, you just start recruiting, and uh, I believe they're like a youngerish team. Like I think their leading receiver this year was a freshman, so obviously he's back, like you just mentioned, mm-hmm. recruiting. So they're in the right direction. Uh, obviously, playing in the SEC makes it hard to, you know, have any kind of sustained success unless your name's Alabama. Mm-hmm. So. They're in the right direction. Uh, you you definitely can see it. Arkansas is still probably not that hard to sell being in the SEC. So, interesting to see over the next couple of years. That was an
1: interesting question. Uh, well, hold on. I got um two other players. Um, McTelvin Igham and Scooter Harris have also decided to return to Arkansas instead of go to the draft. So, that should definitely boost the defense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I saw a couple people were talking about them next year, 5-7. and seven. Yeah, I could see six and six.
0: Yeah, you know, if they sneak into a bowl game, you know, then, then you start, uh, you start having, you know, you start seeing more success, start being able to sell into a bowl game. You know, who knows? Maybe a couple of years down the road, they're winning eight games, nine games.
1: Uh, it, yeah, well, it's so hard in the SEC. <laughs> like they like
0: I said, if you're not, if your name's not Nick Saban, you're probably gonna have to fluctuate every couple every couple of years. Yeah, you're gonna have, you're gonna have some down years. Uh, so this is a question I'm excited for because we've been talking about it all week. You got the question. It's from uh, a, one of our followers at Monty Banks, and he wants to know, are way too early sleeper teams to make a push for the playoff next year? All right, well, I know you've been talking about this all week, so I want to hear what you guys to so, say. So my team, uh, it's not – it's a surprise, but if they win out, and I think they have a strong chance of doing it with the team they have coming back, they will prove that they should be in the playoffs, and it's Texas A&M. You know, they have – Really? They have the number four recruiting class in the country this year. Uh, I, I think Trayvon Williams did declare for the draft. So, Ja'Shawn Corbin will be getting more touches. But towards the end of the year, he was starting to get a more expanded role anyways. Uh, you got Mon coming back, and he's going to continue to progress. Um, I don't believe of any of their receiving core they're losing anybody. I think they're losing a t- starting tight end, but I don't think of their receivers they're losing anyone. Uh, week two, I think it was, they played Clemson. Tight. I think they only lost 28 26. Uh, Obviously, there was the LSU game, which looks like a basketball score. And uh, they beat Kentucky. And I mean, granted, that was a home game. So obviously, the home field advantage of Kyle. They get tested early next year at week two with Clemson. But I mean, they and then they play Alabama at home and then they play Georgia and LSU. So I think that they're a better matchup this year with Georgia and LSU. Obviously, Alabama's Alabama. Uh, I think they match up better with Clemson. So if they're one of those teams where even if they have one loss, I could see them sneaking into the playoffs. I think you know, the question wasn't who's going to be in. I think they're a sleeper. I think they're going to make a push. So, yeah.
1: uh, you know, with all those guys coming back, I think they definitely have a strong case to make a push. Uh, yeah, they, they only lose four guys to the NFL, I think. uh, Jay Sternberger, who's probably the best tight end. I, I think you're underestimating the loss of him a little bit. Uh, Terrell Dodson and Eric McCoy, their center. But, yeah, I mean, overall, they're, they're a young team. They bring a lot of guys back. So, who, who's your surprise team to make a play? Uh, I'm actually going to stay in the same state. I'm going to go with Texas. I mean, is that really a surprise team, though? I, I see, the, the, see, that's where I was torn. I wasn't sure. But, I mean, you don't hear a lot of people talk about Texas being in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I mean, once you said you were staying in the same state, I was like, well, he's not talking about Baylor or TCU, so it's got to be Texas.
1: Or Texas Tech, or Houston. So,
0: <laughs> oh yeah. He, yeah, definitely not Houston. Because when, when me and you were talking about it earlier, you asked what conference, or no, you asked what state the team I was talking about. So mm-hmm. I, I said they were in Texas. And my immediate text after that was, it's not a group of five because I didn't want you to think, come on, dude, Houston gets Dana, and they're automatically a uh, college football playoff team. So I, I didn't want you to think I was a complete idiot. But mm-hmm.
1: uh, I like I like Texas too. I think, uh, yeah, I think Colin Johnson coming back, um, Sam Ellinger, I mean, you saw his wear back" thing after the bowl win, mm-hmm. uh, paying homage to uh, Vince Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I, I feel like they just have that like confidence about them that they're going to be good. Yeah, I, yeah, I think they're definitely going to
0: they're, they're going to be a problem in the Big Twelve. Uh, it's them in Oklahoma. Like we we talked about I think last week or two weeks ago. Maybe it's it's really just two teams in that whole conference that have a chance. I think now with the Dana leaving West Virginia. that Yeah, it's pretty much Oklahoma versus uh,
1: Texas. Texas. Yeah.
0: So uh, our uh, last question is a two-part question from at Quake Take. Um, the first part of his question was, "What is the best entrance in college football?" So I think he oh. means, uh, team entrance into the field.
1: Mm-hmm. So what, what were your choices for this? Well, for my, I think it's a Clemson with a Howard's Rock. I'm a big fan of that, you know, come in the field, touch the uh, rock. And then my other one is probably Arizona State with the Pat Tillman statue. Um, I've never seen either of those
0: live. I don't think any of us have, but no, I, I haven't either. I kind of speak from experience here with Virginia Tech. because like Last year, I took a trip down to Vod Tech when they played Pitt, and it wasn't even a sellout. And when Virginia Tech does Enter Sandman, that place gets electric. I mean, and, and and not even just that. Uh, I think right before the Hokies take the field, you know, one side of the stadium yells, let's go. The other side responds Hokies. And like I said, I wasn't even at a sellout. It wasn't even that close to a sellout. And the place was, was very, very loud. So I think those just, those two at Virginia tech were electric for me, but also one that I've never seen, but I've only seen videos of. And I just think Uh that it, crazy, is Colorado with Ralphie. I mean, like, you're on Ralphie Run. A huge Ron. buffalo,
1: like, around the field. <laughs> yeah, I, I've actually seen that one, and I thought the same thing. I was watching it, and I was like, how is this, like, a thing? Like- like, I think anything that involves,
0: like, a giant animal running onto the field, and, like, not really with Florida State, because, I, of course, not aren't, aren't as big, as obviously, as Ralphie, and mm-hmm. I think like the way they run with Ralphie, it kinda is like a big circle and it's like it, I, at any moment he could just decide he doesn't want to run straight and he just wants to knock people out. Uh so what you're saying
1: is size matters. Yeah <laughs> I, I guess so, yeah. Uh did you see um the other day uh the Texas uh mascot almost attacked a Georgia one? Yeah. Did I, you see that video? I don't know if it's pronounced Bevo or Bevo and not wanna be the one. Yeah, that's why it's called the Texas mascot. But
0: yeah, I mean like like that's pretty crazy too. Like just the th- like that's a giant longhorn, like just running around the field, like that. Like, could you imagine like being like on the field for that? Like, people just get excited because how often do you just see that?
1: Yeah. Did you um do you remember that question from, like a few months ago? It was like a, would you rather like have like ten thousand like birds defend you, or whatever? Like, oh um, yeah, yeah. We were talking about yeah. Would you rather like ten like bevos, bevos or like a thousand Georgia Bulldogs?
0: Bevos. Beavos. Yeah, dude 100%. Yeah,
1: yeah, me me too. I mean, you saw
0: what one you know, saw you saw a one on one matchup. They had to clear Ugga. They thought Ugga was gonna get kicked through the uprights.
1: Yeah, that was that was a crazy That that was wild. There must have been nuts to be on the sidelines there. Yeah, now PETA's
0: all stepping in and they have problems with it. That they want to get rid of. Now hold on. here's a question now that I've thought about it. Kind of like what you just asked. Would you rather have one thousand 000... Texas Longhorns? All I'm not right. even try the name anymore. <laughs> thousand right. Longhorns. Uh five hundred Ralphies. Two thousand Ugga's or five hundred Mike the Tigers.
1: Oh, this is an easy one.
0: But Ed Orgeron is with the Tiger.
1: Oh I'm taking that out. Of, uh, see originally I was gonna say the the because like, yeah, you know, they're huge. There's so a lot of them. But I I don't know. I feel like Coach O could motivate those Tigers to that potentially would do some big things. (laughs) I think Coach O is the deciding factor there. Yeah, if you take Coach O, that might be it. So, the
0: the second part of uh, the question was just best atmosphere in college football. Uh And, I mean, uh, a couple years ago, I was probably like four or five years ago now, I guess, I went to, uh, I think it was probably Rutgers' first year in the Big Ten when they played Uh at Penn State, and I took a trip out there. And that was a... That was not a whiteout game. It, it was a pinch right game, I guess. So every section when you got your ticket, it told you to wear either blue or white. And the whole state huh? was blue, white, blue, white, blue, white, around the whole entire place. Like, that inside the atmosphere was insane among itself. But outside, there were RVs as far as I could see, people tailgating. I had never seen so much alcohol in one place, but with so little drunk people. Like... There was no what? One, there was nobody acting a fool, like jumping through tables or doing anything stupid. Like it just—that's
1: because you had a Bills game.
0: Well, yeah, I know, but like you know, there was just so many like responsible people, I guess, drinking,
1: and it was just like such a cool atmosphere. It was—it was more of a fair than it was a tailgate. That—that's wild. Um, so we're talking about best like tradition. That's that. That's I guess, is? Like, yeah, I guess tradition could be thrown into that. I mean, yeah, mine I guess would probably be. Uh, jump around at Wisconsin because that's just an insane one or uh, the Iowa thing it's pretty new but the waving at those kids with cancer is a pretty it's pretty impactful yeah I
0: I think that kind of has its class of its own I mean like football is one thing but you know with that it's it's, that's a whole different thing that's a a great thing for the community
1: yeah I think that's a pretty big uh, like I I, I it's just different it's different So, So, uh,
0: so real quick before we wrap up our episode today um we, you know we both like to send our condolences down to Purdue. Uh, unfortunately, earlier this week, Tyler Trent uh, passed away. Uh, he was an amazing story, a great inspiration, not only to college football fans, but you know anyone who was fighting the same battle as him. Uh, for that, we'd like to thank him and you know appreciate the inspirations that he gave out to people who were fighting the same battle as him. Uh, so that's our show today guys. Um, thanks for listening. Keep your eye open for the tweets coming out this week. Any questions you got, let us know. We'll answer for you.